Welcome to the Life of Christ, Series 2. This is Term 4 and Lesson 33. We left off in John chapter 3. Remember again that Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. And it begins in John chapter 3 and I believe in verse 1. So I'm going to just go back to verse 1 and just read forward from there. Alright, and it says there, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, or literally reborn from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Verse 6, That which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. Verse 7, Jesus says, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And this brings us to verse 9, And Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? So this is something that for Nicodemus, it is a difficult thing to accept. Amen? This is something that he's having trouble with in his intellect. Alright? One of the things is that we get so caught up and and really we have been taught to to master this realm, so to speak. Everything is about the physical realm. Okay? And, you know, we are meant to be spiritual beings. But sadly, because our eyes are constantly and consistently being, being drawn towards the natural realm, it is very difficult for us to see into the spirit realm. Do you understand? Because whatever you use will get better with time, and whatever you don't use, you begin to lose over time. Okay? And so, it is a very difficult life and a transition to go from the natural into the spiritual. Alright? And so, uh, people are still struggling with that today. Just r- very, very recently, you know, we, I was sort of looking at something that really amplified that to a, to a degree where I started to realize, you know, how God, how frustrating it must be almost, if God could be frustrated. Alright? It must be for God to see us who have been reborn, and Jesus is saying that we need to be reborn of the Spirit. And therefore, we become beings that are sensitive to the Spirit and should be able to move in that realm easily. And all the restrictions that the natural realm begin to put on us, we should be able to look at it and say, that no longer applies to me. And that's the problem Nicodemus is having now. He's thinking naturally. Now, these are meant to be spiritual people, but remember, nobody's born again yet. Amen? So we need to give them a break, okay? <laughs> Alright? So, he's having difficulty seeing into a realm, the very realm that Jesus has come from. And so, Jesus is very comfortable with that realm, Nicodemus isn't. Jesus is speaking about things that concern that realm, Nicodemus can only see this realm. And the two don't work together real well. 
Amen. All right. So I need to say all of that so that you can begin to understand where this man's mind is and why it is having so much difficulty grasping what Jesus is trying to say and why some people might have difficulty grasping what you have to say sometimes. Okay? Because, you know, to them it's cold hard facts. And for you, all things are possible. (laughs) When their facts end and when their impossibility begins, that's where your realm starts. That's where you do stuff. Amen. When they say it can't be done, that's you. That's when you go, I can. Or the God in me can. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Let me read through this. It must have been very difficult for Nicodemus to unlearn what he had always known as absolute fact. With Carson pointing out that for years Nicodemus had taught others, well I've done this before but let me go over it again, had taught others the conditions of entrance to the kingdom of God, conditions cast in terms of obedience to God's commands, devotion to God, happy submission to His will, but here he is facing a condition he has never heard expressed, the absolute requirement of birth from above. I mean, what is that anyway? (laughs) Okay? Even after Jesus' explanation, he is frankly skeptical that such a birth can take place. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said to him, Are you a teacher of Israel and do you not know these things? Now Jesus, uh, I think he's a little frustrated. I may be wrong. Okay? I, I, I sense a little frustration in the way he puts that. In other words, Jesus says to Nicodemus, in his role as a teacher of Israel, indicating that he was a recognized master and an established religious authority, he, Nicodemus, should have understood everything that Jesus had said to him. These people were meant to be separate from the world. These people were meant to understand and look into spiritual laws and spiritual things. Amen? And I'm going to show you why Jesus got upset. Alright? Because there were things that explained this. In, in the Old Testament. Alright? So we're going to get to that in a moment. As D.A. Carson phrases Jesus so wonderfully as saying to Nicodemus, say, You are the reverend professor doctor, and do you not understand these things? Basically is what he's saying. Okay? You've got all these titles and you don't get what I'm saying. This was the spiritual condition Israel was in. With John MacArthur saying, Jesus' reply emphasized the spiritual bankruptcy of the nation at the time, since even... Uh, one of the great, since even one of the greatest Jewish teachers did not recognize this teaching on spiritual cleansing and transformation based clearly on the Old Testament. The net effect is to show that externals of religion may have a deadening effect on one's spiritual perception. Okay? I think we talked about this before. As a result, at this point, the dialogue changes to a discourse. As Jesus begins to teach Nicodemus, this is the very first teaching of Jesus, by saying in verse 11, Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen. As Goodspeed puts it, Jesus says, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, Meaning that he is telling Nicodemus about the things of which he has perfect knowledge of. And he says, and you do not receive our witness. Now, let me just stop here for a minute. Where has Jesus come from? He has come from God. He has come from a place where, where the very birthplace of life is. You know how scientists are always looking for the birthplace of life. You can't find it here. Duh. <laughs> okay, anyway. Alright. The birthplace of life is somewhere else. It's in another realm. That's why we can't explain it in this realm. Are you with me? So he has come from the very birthplace, the very cradle of life. He understands where everything began. And he's the one, John tells us, 
that He created all things. Amen? And Colossians says, all things were created by Him and for Him. Do you remember that? Okay. So, He's coming from a place where everything began. And He has come to a place where mankind, because of His sin and separation from not just God, but His origins, has lost sight of where everything started. As man started to think of himself more than God and start to think that he was master of all things. Okay? Something that God actually put in him, but now has been twisted to only serve himself. Remember Jesus said, you know, the greatest thing somebody can do is give up their life for somebody else. Remember that? Okay. But when man fell, the thing that changed most was, it went from I'll die for you to you die for me. If I could just put it in one sentence. Selfishness kicked in. That's the reason why there's all these problems about who's the head and who's, you know, who's this and that. And Wow, really? Why do you want to know? We don't ask who's the servant. Hello. And can I be the servant? No, no, no. Can I be the head? And it's always, be that. ever since the fall, that's a problem. Okay, We're always looking to sort of gain authority. And we don't understand that authority and loyalty and all of that comes through what you do for others, not what they do for you. And so the more you start to serve, that's why Jesus said, the greatest of all is the servant of all. We don't understand what that still means. Jesus came to serve people. He came, he came to do stuff that nobody else could do. Nobody else could serve like he could serve. You had a demon, he'll get rid of it. You were born blind, he'll give you a sight back. Who could do that? The greatest of all. Get it? He's the only one that can serve everyone. We all can serve to a point, but Jesus could serve to the uttermost. Whatever the situation was, it wasn't a problem to him. And he was trying to teach us that. He's trying to tell us all things are possible. If you can believe there is something inside of you that you still don't understand, that you still haven't unlocked, that is there. Are you all here? Okay. All right. I'm saying all of this because what he's trying to do is he's trying to say now, stop thinking the way you're thinking. Stop thinking like fallen man. All right. He's saying what I'm talking to you about, I know about this stuff. This isn't me hypothesizing and quoting this person and that person because they still love to do that. He is telling, he's saying, I'm talking to you firsthand coming from God Himself. This is stuff you don't know. <laughs> okay? This is stuff I've tried to reveal to you but you still haven't got it. So here I am to tell you plainly what you need to know. Are you all with me? He is introducing a realm to him now. And so he says, but notice he says, and you do not receive our witness. He's saying, because you can't grasp it, you're rejecting it. You're having a problem with this. Okay, that's another problem people have. If they can't get a handle on it, then you know what? It's, you know, to them it's not real. It's just, it can't be real. They, 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 you know, they can't accept that there are things beyond them and their knowledge. Isn't that interesting? When they go through an experience, suddenly they can say, Oh, now I understand. Why couldn't you understand before you went through it? Because you, you rejected it. Because you're selfish. Because all you can think about is yourself. Are you all here? Okay. It takes a certain generosity 
to receive what somebody says, even though you haven't been through it, and take their word for it. Okay? William Hendrickson points out, Christ uses, now let's get into this, Christ uses the plural you. The members of the Sanhedrin refused to admit that the Baptist was right when he testified concerning Jesus. This this body also refused to believe that Jesus was whatever he claimed to be. Consequently, these chief priests, elders, and scribes rejected Christ's teaching on the subject of regeneration or being born again. Accordingly, MacArthur says that Jesus focused on the idea that unbelief is the cause of ignorance. Unbelief is the cause of ignorance because people refuse to believe. They remain ignorant. You know, if, if, if the scientist picked up the Bible and just you know, said, okay, let's believe, let's just accept this as fact and go from there. Wow. Can you imagine? In fact, that's what a lot of the creation scientists are all about. They are not scientists that are trying to bend things to fit things. They are bold enough to go look for things because they know and they have confidence that the God in whom they believe is the one that created all things. And they're not going to find anything to contradict whatever he said was true. In fact, it's almost a challenge. And everybody that has taken up that challenge has always come out and said, yeah, God's true. Amen? It's just awesome. Anyway, at heart, Nicodemus' failure to understand Jesus' words centered not so much in his intellect, but in his failure to believe Jesus' witness. Further, the plural you here refers back to the we of verse 2. When he, so Jesus, when he said you, he didn't say you, Nicodemus. He says all of you people. Therefore, when Jesus replied in verse 11 with you, he was indicating that Nicodemus' unbelief was typical of the nation as a collective whole. Now, what we learn from this is that as goes the leadership, so, so goes the nation. And why without godly leaders, both individuals and the nation as a whole suffers? That's the reason why we are to pray for our leaders. Amen? You know, just don't ever... Look at that as sort of an option. You know, if you don't know, I, some, sometimes you just don't know what to pray. Just pray in the Spirit. I do. I just think, God, I don't know where to start. So I'll just pray in the Spirit. You fix the rest. You know, amen. Continuing on, in John chapter 3, Jesus goes on to say in verse 12, If I had told you earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? So Jesus is saying, you are having trouble grasping things down here. Okay, he says, how are you ever going to get a hold of things that you just need to take my word for? Basically is what he's saying, okay? As Leon Morris explains it, the simplest way of understanding this is to see a reference to the present discourse. It was taking place on earth and concerned a process with effects discernible on earth. In contrast with, with this, Jesus can impart heavenly things that is higher teaching. But if men like Nicodemus will not believe the simpler things, they cannot be expected to believe what is more advanced. Alright, let me just stop there for a minute. To measure my words when I say this. There are things that we don't even have the language to express that exist. Okay. There were books in heaven. Remember John when he went into heaven in his, in his encounter in Revelation? All right. He said there are things written that he couldn't even write. He just couldn't express them down here. They were not allowed. All right. 
Follow me. There are, there are things that we still don't have any knowledge of. Okay? You know, when Jesus turns around and says, all things are possible, he is speaking from a knowledge far beyond our experiences and our understanding. He is talking from a realm that you don't know where up is and down is. Seriously. You know, if you were looking at it, you would just freak out and throw up. Okay, can I just say it like that? Okay, because you wouldn't get a handle on it. It would just be so far into your thinking and to everything that you've experienced. It would just be far beyond that. Okay, what Jesus is saying now. I need to, I need to share that with you. Okay, in order for you to now understand what Jesus is trying to say. He's saying, listen, what I'm talking to you about right now, this is very simple stuff. Okay? This isn't that complicated. If I start talking to you about heavenly things, you, your little brain will just blow out your, you know, out your head. You will not be able to contain, you will not be able to understand anything I say. Even if I showed you, you just wouldn't, you'd just be like, wow, I don't know what I saw. This is what Jesus is trying to say. Here is the problem. Here's the situation that Jesus is encountering. He said, you people, remember the you, the plural you? He's saying, you people can't even grasp the simplest things. And I want to bring to you knowledge that supersedes what you have got up to now. But I can't, because you're not ready for it. Do you know, the Bible says that even the angels... I used to puzzle me when it said, you know, even the angels are waiting to see. And, you know, this is, um, this is a very loose roast translation, okay? It says even the angels are waiting to see some of the things that are going to be revealed to us and revealed through us. I'm thinking, those guys can do a lot of stuff. I mean, they're in the very presence of God. They've been with God longer than we have. Come on now, okay? The difference is we're born of God. They know what God is capable of. They look at us and go, what's happening here? This is your offspring? <laughs> we know when we look at you, we just, you know, we can't stand up almost. We just always falling because it's always like whack in the head. We just, it's just too much to, hence Gabriel. I, I can stand in that. Okay. All the other angels fall. I'm still standing. Hence Zacharias, you know, like, shut up. <laughs> okay. You, you know what I'm trying to say? This is what we're talking about. That's what, and the angels are going, these are children of God. Getting it? They're not our kids. As powerful as we are, this is, these are the children of the ultimate one, him, the alpha, the omega. These are his kids. What are they doing? Fighting over stupid religious things. They're not waiting to see anything we're doing. They're probably throwing up over most of it. They are still to see what we can actually do. Stuff that they can't do. But can we believe that? Because religion is teaching us how we need to suffer and put up with things and just be dirt under everybody's feet. We are here to serve, but we can serve not by being a rug, but by being protection and a cover for people. By being their shield and their sword. 
Amen? Not lambs to the slaughter, but lions to fight. But to them we're a lamb. But to the enemy and all the problems, we can't be. Amen? Okay. Some of these things, I told you, I need to help you with some of these things as we go. Not everything is in here. It is, but sometimes we miss it. Amen? And I want to open your mind. And I want you to open your heart. And I want you to start seeing into a realm where all things are possible and we haven't even begun to imagine what's possible. So let's move on. Alright, so that's what he's saying here. If I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Amen? Alright. So if Nicodemus could not fathom what Jesus was saying here, there is no way that he could even begin to fathom Jesus explaining to him what Ezekiel meant when he said in Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 15 through 21. So let's just have a look at some of the heavenly things, shall we? He says, Now as I looked at the, at the living creatures, behold, a wheel was on the earth beside each living creature with its four faces. That would freak you out. The, <laughs> the appearance of the wheel... Oh, excuse me, the appearance of the wheels and their workings was like the color of beryl. And all four had the same likeness. The appearance of their workings was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. So you can start to see this thing now, okay? There's something going on inside and outside. Verse 17, when they moved, they went toward any one of four directions. They, uh, they did not turn aside when they went. So they could go in any direction. Do you know why? They had four faces. They didn't need to turn. You know, talk about somebody with two faces. This guy has four. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I don't mean it like that. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Verse 18. As for their rims, they were so high, they were awesome. And their rims were full of eyes all, al- all around the four of them. When the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. Now, so you've got living creatures and wheels. Okay. They're not the same thing. All right. But the wheels are following. Catch it if you can. <laughs> you know, the things that we attribute to this realm, we can't attribute to that realm. Okay? When you look at the account in Genesis, there are things that have been written that we read over, we miss. All right? When you read in the account in Genesis, I'd love to take you there right now, but I won't. I'll just explain it to you very quickly. Remember in the, the Garden of Eden, remember the two things that were guarding, what were they? Aha, okay. It was an angel and a sword. It wasn't an angel with a sword. It was an angel and a sword. And wherever the person went, the sword followed. Not the angel, the sword would follow. Now hang on a minute. This blows our brain. Because this is telling us now that that thing that we call a, a sword, steel, whatever it is, has life to it. It has, a con- it. it has consciousness. It is moving as you move. Think about this now. You want to say, who's your mommy? Who's your daddy? Where'd you come from? I mean, which swords gave birth to you? <laughs> you know, this thing is alive. Do you understand? These wheels are alive. They're moving as these things move. See, all our laws of physics go out the door. Our laws of biology right out the door. Okay? This is not a carbon-based life form and it's following these things around. Amen. All right. 
and their rims were full of eyes all around the four of them. And when the living creatures went, the wheels went beside them. And when the living creatures were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up. Wherever the Spirit wanted to go, they went, because there the Spirit went. The wheels were lifted together with them, for the Spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Watch that now. Did you get that? Okay. See, God gives life to everything. Verse 21. It says, when those went, they went. When they, those stood, they, these stood. They have a mind of their own. Do you understand? And when those were lifted up from the earth, the wheels were lifted up together with them, for the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. So you can have an attachment to things, and you can bring... There, there are... There. <laughs> This is telling... Alright, let me just... I'll I'll just share this with you, okay? You know, this is showing us that the... You know how we are looking for the life that we impart to people when we pray for people for healing, okay? And God is the one that's healing and it's His life in us. You need to understand why Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again from above. Because all this stuff only happens when that life comes to you. That life isn't a normal life. It's not a natural thing. It's eternal life. It's, it's life that has no end. It life, it's life that knows no time. See, we know time. It doesn't. It doesn't know time. Okay? It can do whatever. And you can move in, in areas and ways that the natural laws say you can't. And you can do things that natural law says you can't. Because natural law is limited to this natural realm. Spiritual law works on a whole other realm and on a whole other set of laws. They, they follow other rules. Okay? So you can... There is a, there is a transference that is um, available in the spirit realm. You can put stuff into things. Remember Paul and the handkerchiefs on his body? Come on, follow me now, okay? He put something into them. They were able to carry a natural thing, but it had a life in it. Amen. Do you all hear what I'm saying? Okay, so if you can put it into handkerchiefs, you can put it into whatever. We haven't gone there yet. We're still having trouble with that. This is telling us what some of the things that are possible. You know, when we lay hands on things, I sort of think, oh, this is a bit silly. Okay? People, you know, people sort of say, could you just you know, lay hands on the car and stuff? What, what is wrong with you people? Now I think, uh, yeah, there is something to this. You know how you walk into a building? I'm going to share some things with you. Sometimes we miss things because we just, we, we don't understand the significance of what we're sensing and feeling. All right? Can I, you give me a minute? Okay. All right. Yeah, we might never get through the life of Jesus, but we'll learn some really good stuff along the way, okay? All right. <laughs> what else should we be learning when he comes back? Amen? All right. And it's not about how much you know, it's what you're doing with what you know. Do you know what to do with it? Do you hear me? Okay. Have you ever walked into a place and you just sense, we we say it this way, we sense like there's a presence there. It never occurs to us that the people that have been there have imparted something into the furniture, into the, the actual structure that is there. See, we immediately think, oh no, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Of course He's there. I'm not saying He isn't. But, you know, even the furniture can be, so, in a sense, in the Spirit glowing. You know, and there are things that are holy. 
Hear me now. Okay? That has the life of God in them. Just like the handkerchiefs had healing in them. You can have things that have an anointing on them. And demonic things can't come close to even the things that belong to you. Do you get it? Okay? Because you impart an anointing into them. And you need to do it consciously. Okay? When you lay hands on your car and say, God, this was a gift from you to me. Amen? And you put your hands on that thing, your life begins to, His life through you goes into that. Remember, your life is His life. Do you understand when I say it's you, it's Him? Okay, we're one and the same now. Okay, we're he, Daddy and us. Okay, we work together. It's never Him apart from Him, because apart from Him is called spiritual death. So everything we do is in Him and through Him. And He works through us. And He wants to work through us. You're here? And so that's the reason why, you know, you can lay hands on things. And this has happened in the past. Where I've gone into a house and I've sensed the place, the room itself, there's been like a darkness there. There's been something there. And I began to realize, and I di- didn't understand what I understand now. You, you, you understand, I'm growing too, okay? And, you know, had I known what I know now, I would have attacked the thing in a whole different way. But I wouldn't understand, because I would speak and I would do things, but I didn't realize. And then one day God just said, do this, and He just told me, stick your hand on the thing. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> it's, you know, his hand, but it's my hand as well. You know, and I said, what do, you, what do all this? He said, just shut up. You don't understand. Just let me work. And so I just stood there with my hand on the wall. And it was only and when I got to this and I began to realize what was going on. And something happened. I'm thinking, what's my hand on the wall doing with the demon that's standing there? But I didn't realize that things can get affected. Do you know that's why it says that all things needed to be cleansed? Even the utensils in the very heavens needed cleansing. Hebrews talks about this. Alright? And we didn't get it. We didn't understand that things can spoil. Things can have a, a wrong life, a death put into them. Just like you could have life put into them. Are you all here? Amen? That's why sometimes you touch something and you go, wow, there's life there. Other times you touch something and you, there's something bad there. Now know why. Understand why. And understand in God's kingdom that clean things cleanses the unclean things. It doesn't go the other way. Amen? You need to know that and you need to believe that and allow it to work that way because it will try to push in this way. That's why Jesus was able to... That's why Jesus was able to touch the leper when nobody else would touch the leper. He reached out and I'm sure he backed off. The leper would have backed off and said, Are you kidding? What's wrong with you? And Jesus said, No, no, you don't understand. I come from a kingdom that overrides this one. When I touch you, whatever unclean becomes clean. Amen. That's our role here. To take everything that has been spoiled by sin and cleanse it. Anyway, moving along. Sorry about that. Ooh, we ran out of time. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope this is helping. I, I need you to understand. Yeah, amen. All right. I, I need you to understand these things because this isn't just about the scriptures. I want you to see these scriptures and I want you to see what Jesus was saying in a whole new light. I don't want to teach you religion and I don't want to teach you homiletics and hermeneutics and all that stuff. Who cares? 
It's what you're doing that matters. How you think, amen, and how it changes, that matters. Because that is where the life that all of humanity is looking for is inside of you. You're carrying it around. Let's stop here. Let's take a break and we'll come back and continue. Amen? All right.